Welcome to Set for Life with Pastor Ray Jensen. You can find us at setforliferadio.com. Romans 10.9 says that if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God has raised Him from the dead, you will be saved. So let's listen from God's Word, verse by verse, on how we can prepare for the coming of the Lord and Messiah Jesus, who died on the cross, so that you can be set for life. You'll be set for life if you give your heart and believe what He's done for you. You'll be set for life with the treasure stored up in heaven when you're through. You'll be set for life. I was with Dove in Israel, and we were at a hotel. King David Hotel, I think it was. And the guy at the front counter, he said, so where are you from? I said, Texas. He go, oh, okay, I, I thought so. He goes, I can talk Texas. I said, really? He goes, yeah. He goes, there's a new sheriff in town over here. <laughs> he started running that. I was really impressed. He had as good a Texan accent, uh, maybe as I do, I don't know. But um, I couldn't do any Hebrew. But there's going to do a little bit of similarity in this in 2 Kings 2. There is going to be a new sheriff in town. There's going to be a passing of authority from Elijah to Elisha. And man, there was a zillion and a half things I could do with this chapter, but uh, I I could have made this a two-hour, oh no, Ray, or I could have done keep it at the one that I tried to do. So we'll we'll do what we can with it, and uh, I'll do my best. So anyway, in 2 Kings 2, verse 1, Elijah ascends to heaven. And it came to pass when the Lord was about to take up Elijah into heaven by a whirlwind that Elijah went with Elisha from Gilgal. Then Elijah said to Elisha, stay here, please, for the Lord has sent me on to Bethel. But Elisha said, as the Lord lives and as your soul lives, I will not leave you. So they went to Bethel. Okay, that's interesting. You stay put. I'm going on. No, I'm not going to have it. But um, here, though, it was customary in the day to receive a blessing of an inheritance from someone who was about to die. Now, I don't really think Elijah died exactly. He was taken up, but he was about to depart. And so Elisha wanted that blessing. He really wanted to get that blessing, and so he knew that he had been called to do the same work of Elijah. That's why he's not leaving him. He wants his inheritance blessing. As far as eternal life goes, I want my eternal life. I want my inheritance blessing. You can see that here in Elisha. Second Kings 2 and 3. Now the sons of the prophets who were at Bethel came out to Elisha and said to him, Do you know that the Lord will take away your master from over you today? And he said, Yes, I know. Keep silent. Okay, this little group of prophets, y'all remember in 1 Kings that one prophet, he was from a group of prophets. He went out and told somebody to strike him. Somebody hit me so I can look injured because he had a message for King Ahab, I think it was. He came from this group of prophets. There were there was these little educational facilities that were for prophets teaching them how to take the word out around Israel. And we had another group here too. This little group of prophets was another one. 
But Elisha, he was really struggling with this whole thing so much, it was even hard for him to talk about it. He had gotten real close to Elijah. They're very close friends and served together. And to make things even more difficult, he had all these prophets in Bethel that knew about it, and they're trying to ask him about it. They wanted him to talk about it. So I don't want to talk about this. It's hard enough to bear as it is. But it's great to see these prophets in Israel when you consider that the nation had been ruled for so long by wicked kings that worshipped Baal. That was the whole problem going on in the last uh, first kings, is this Baal worship issue. The Lord God has these young prophet groups in the nation coming up, getting ready for whatever was ahead. The Lord had not abandoned His people. So, uh, to reflect back to chapter 1, how King Ahaziah, he could not foresee his own death, but these prophets could see Elijah's departure coming. There's people that can see what's coming and people that can't. Remember, Ahaziah fell right through the floor. He didn't see it coming, but these prophets see it. The Lord was working there, and the Lord was also preparing Elisha for his calling. And let me say something about that that just kind of, I'm just kind of, I told myself, don't make so many notes, just react as you see, because I relate to a lot of this, what Elisha is going through. He's got a calling coming, he knows it, and there's some hard decisions to make, he just don't feel like talking about it. I got to leave this, I got to walk away from that, I'm about to lose Elijah. He already left his family and all his friends, remember that in First Kings, they had that big party, and it's like... Thanks for the party and the celebration, but I got to go. And he left everything. He was out plowing fields. He had to leave it, just walk away. And he's having a time getting adjusted to this new thing. I went through that, still do sometimes. It's, it's not something he is really, it's easy for him to talk about. So, but the Lord was preparing Elisha, even though it was things that was uneasy for him. All these prophets, hey, do you know Elijah's going today? Yeah, don't you think this bugs me? Come on, you know, sorry, you know. I, I mean, I had interactions like that. All right, Ray, you're going to go into ministry? Yeah. Well, I got to leave, leave my job. I've had a lot of family turn on me. I've had a lot of friends turn on me. I've had a lot of people tell me you can't do it. Yes, I know. Uh, you, you know, I, I, I feel this. So the Lord was preparing him. But the nice thing about the prophets all wanting to talk to him was that it was confirming. It was a lot of confirming messengers speaking to him. So if the Lord calls you to do something and a lot of people come at you, of course they don't feel it the way you do. They're not in your position. But try to take it that maybe they're confirming things to you, even though you're not really ready to talk about it. I I, I know I don't want to hear it. I don't want to hear it. But they're there to encourage, perhaps. That's what I'm looking at these prophets, maybe. It, it was hard for him to talk about it, but there was a confirming aspect to what they were saying. Second Kings 2.4, Then Elijah said to him, Elisha, stay here, please, for the Lord has sent me on to Jericho. But he said, as the Lord lives and as your soul lives, I will not leave you. So they came to Jericho. Now the sons of the prophets who were at Jericho came to Elisha and said to him, do you know that the Lord will take away your master from over you today? So he answered, yes, I know. Keep silent. Would y'all hush about it? Don't you think I'm aware? (laughs) 
Do you even consider what this is doing to me? I mean, those are the things I wanted to vomit out of my mouth. It wouldn't do any good, but I'm glad he said, he just kept, yep, just be quiet. Let me deal. But let's remember, there was no texting back then. There was no email. There was no way to throw a message out ahead of anybody. Messages only traveled as fast as any man could travel. And so there's no way these other prophets ahead could know that Elijah was going away unless the Lord had told them. See, they knew by faith, and Elijah's really, Elisha is really wrestling with something that the Lord was about to do. Oh, there's some things coming I know the Lord's about to do, and sometimes I just don't want to talk about it. I get it. And everybody's all excited. Oh, look at that. Yeah. <laughs> So yet again, here's more confirmation to Elisha and another step of preparation for him to get ready. This is like little building steps, guys. This is uh, testing. You, you got to get ready for this. You know, I, I, I always say, I know that y'all look at me and think Ray could probably compete in the Mr. Olympia. I'm almost there, but I do have to go to the gym and test for it. I have to put myself through some, some harsh testing, right? I'll get there. But it's not easy, and I don't want to talk about it. <laughs> but it was a process. It was a working up process. I think that Elijah was Elijah himself was repeatedly testing Elisha's level of commitment to see if he would stick to the mission work or if he would give up and walk away. Stay here. No, I won't. Walk on. Stay here. No, I won't. Twice he's done that to him. I think it's kind of a test of his commitment. Each time Elisha said, no, I'm in it to win it. And even when the prophets played into this as well, you can see all God's people were all playing into this together. Elisha also told them, no, I don't want to hear it. I'm doing what I'm doing. I'm following the guy. Elisha, I think he was confronted by who knows how many men. We don't know how many prophets there were. They're all ringing in his ear trying to hit him with things he doesn't want to talk about right now. He is struggling with this. See, a lot of people look at ministry and go, oh, to be a missionary like you, uh, to, to go to Africa like you, oh, I would love to do that. Really? Do you know the trial that comes with that? Do you know the testing and, and the pressure that comes with it? The, uh, the, the things throw that are thrown at you that you're not ready that you can't process yet that you don't know how to how to talk about yet it 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 was tough on this guy and i can see it he was confronted by a lot of guys but yet he kept his commitment firm he stayed on it second kings two and six then elijah said to him stay here please how many times is that that's three that's three times. Stay here, please, for the Lord has sent me on to the Jordan. But he said, as the Lord lives and as your soul lives, I will not leave you. So the two of them went on. Okay, that's the third time that Elijah tested Elisha. And he would not break off his commitment to the Lord's mission work that he had been called to. Like I said, back in 1 Kings 19 in the previous book, Elisha was called to his ministry work he was called to that, and they had that party. But guys, just because you're called doesn't mean it's going to be easy. Boy, have I learned that. And anybody else in here who's been called, I know you've learned it too. Oh, I'm called. Going to be an easy walk. Are you kidding? 
man, everything and everybody that could stand against you is going to try, and it, they may not know that they're testing you. Don't know. The hardest test to face is going to come from the opposition of those who are the closest to you because even they will oppose you at times. Just like Elijah was testing Elisha to stay back. And I've had to learn how to identify this, to not take it so personal. Maybe they don't, maybe Elijah knew what he was doing testing Elisha. Maybe he didn't. Either way, it was a testing process for Elisha's sake. So when somebody does it to you, don't get all reactive. You can say, I'm not ready to talk about it if you want to, but maybe they are being used to test your commitment to see if you're going to follow through, if you're going to quit. That's the way I got to do it. When somebody, even someone close to me, you can't do it, Ray. Stop, quit, get out. What did the Lord tell me? And not hold it against the person telling me that personally, because Elisha didn't hold it against Elijah personally, because it was probably just something by the Lord to test him. And all the prophets were doing it too. I think the Lord's building something here. And now th- this is just me speaking from my own personal experience the best I can. So this, call, this comes with struggle. The calling comes with struggle. I have talked to young men before that come to me, Pastor Ray, uh, at the coffee shop or in town, wherever places I know. They say, Ray, I think I'm called to ministry. And I say, oh, okay. Well, that's good. And I let them talk for a while. One thing I always ask them is if you lost all your family and all your friends, your social circle and all your money and your home and everything you've got, would you still do it? And then they go, well, I don't know. I've only had one say, yes, I would. That question was put to me. This guy, uh, it was Blake, Anna's not in here, Blake Northam, Northam, Northern. He's a missionary in Africa. He asked me when I felt called, and I was still battling it. He goes, if you lost everything, would you still do it? I said, yep. He goes, I think you're called. I said, okay. (laughs) That was was encouraging. So I asked that question because there's going to be a struggle. Just like how Elisha couldn't bring himself to talk about it. It's troubling him that bad. But Elisha maintained his commitment. I've had a lot of people tell me I can't do it. A lot of people. And a lot of it uh, came from a lot of, gosh, I can remember when I was a kid, I was talking to people, and I remember they would just kind of drift off, and I, was, I got upset. I said, why do you all drift off while I'm talking to you? And one guy goes, because you're boring to listen to. And I was a kid, and that scarred me for a very long time. I believed for the longest time that any time I ever spoke, nobody cared to listen. And that's hard for a guy in ministry to come around to thinking you're going to try to speak to people. They're probably not going to care. You can't do this. Now you start living that self-defeat. But Elisha maintained his commitment despite what everybody was saying. And probably each time he was tested, I'll bet his commitment got even more and more understood and even more solidified in him than it had been before. Because everybody's at me now, but he's maintaining. 2 Kings 2 and 7. And 50 men of the sons of the prophets went and stood facing them at a distance while the two of them stood by the Jordan. Now Elijah took his mantle, rolled it up, and struck the water, and it was divided this way and that so that the two of them crossed over on dry ground. Okay, these, these prophets collectively, they all knew that the great Elijah was about to be taken that day. 
So they're like, we're not missing nothing. We're going to watch what happens. They followed these guys. Something's about to happen, and we want to be there, right? So in the previous chapter, I talked about how prophets wore that scratchy animal hair clothing, and they tightened it on them with a belt to make it even worse. It was a uh, represented distress, the call to repentance. But a prophet's cloak represented God's authority. And I'm sure that cloak looked unique as well. And so he took his cloak off. What's he going to do? Oh, he's going to do something with that cloak. Smack the water with it. (laughs) I would have been like, dude, this is like the Red Sea, man. That's what it would have reminded me of. So they watched the parting. All All these guys saw the Jordan River. It was parted. But when he did it with the cloak, the symbol of God's authority, they recognized this was not done by Elijah. This was done by the Lord because he used the cloak the symbol of God's authority to do it. They realized this isn't the man, this is the Lord. See, God was getting ready to transfer power here. They needed to see who was in charge, who was really doing this. This is the power of God doing it. Now, I got thinking about it, you know, I'm sure they could have swam across a river. I mean, I've been over the Jordan, it's not that big, you know. It's, it's an easy cross, I'm pretty sure. Somebody had a bridge down the way close by. But to cross the Jordan like this, that's a statement. That is a, all the prophets are looking, anybody else passing by saw it, okay? It's a big statement. They all saw the waters part. They would have been reminded of when the Israelites crossed through the Red Sea hundreds of years before this. And so Elijah's crossing of the Jordan demonstrated a very important picture that the same God who was with Israel then is the same God that was with Israel now. And that's amazing. That is absolutely amazing to me. What encouragement to see. 2 Kings 2 and 9, and let me turn off my Wi-Fi. Everybody's hitting me like crazy for some reason. Okay. 2 Kings 2 and 9, and so it was when they had crossed over that Elijah said to Elisha, ask, what may I do for you before I am taken away from you? Elisha said, please let a double portion of your spirit be upon me. Okay, now we got to get, we, you got to catch this full picture with me, okay? By now, Elisha, Elijah had tested Elisha three times. Stay behind, stay behind, stay behind. But now that they crossed over with that big spectacle of God's power bringing through them through the Jordan, suddenly Elijah turned and invited him. Now ask what you want. Stay behind, stay behind, stay behind. Bam! What do you want? Y'all see this? You see the process building? (laughs) Whoa, that's great. Inviting him to say, what do you want? That's that's the total opposite of stay behind. It's a 180. And so Elijah requested a double portion. Now, we need to take a look at this moment here. And if I can dress it up best I can so we can see what it meant. Elijah was about to, in a figurative sense, die. I don't think he died because the Lord was going to take him. But right before somebody's death is the time when an inheritance is passed. That's when you get an inheritance, is before somebody leaves. According to the law in Deuteronomy 17, 
When a man was to pass his possessions to his sons, the firstborn was to get a double portion. A double portion, because that firstborn was the beginning of his strength. So he got the double portion. And so what Elisha asked for was the double portion inheritance. And you know what? He'd been walking with Elijah. He knew that Elijah didn't have livestock and land and all this stuff. He knew Elijah didn't spend all his time building houses. and all. So what's he asking for? What is he asking for? He's not asking for material wealth. What Elisha asked for was the double portion inheritance, not of material wealth inheritance, but a spiritual inheritance. Much more valuable. So when a son received an inheritance, it was so that he could continue his father's work. What he's asking for, he's using the law, not just his emotions, not just, I don't want to talk about it, not just, you know, all the things he's got. What he is saying is, Elijah, I am here to complete the work that God started in you. I will call upon the law for double portion. I'll take everything I can do to do what God set you to do since I know you're about to go. I want to continue what you're doing. That's what he's basically saying. He was going to inherit it, not just continue the work, but inherit it as a son would from a father. Guys, this tells me how serious Elisha was. He was told three times, go back. No, I'm going to stay with you. And he even used the law. You see how serious this guy was. Friends, we need people who are serious about doing the Lord's work. Very serious about this, because it's not easy, and it takes some pretty good commitment. But he was very serious. He was not in it for money. He really wanted the Lord's work to continue. He loved the people of Israel. He loved the Lord, and he knew the Baal worship had to stop. And he had to continue this work. Second Kings 2 and 10. So he said, you have asked a hard thing. Nevertheless, if you see me when I am taken from you, it shall be so for you. But if not, it shall not be so. So it's not that Elijah had doubts about Elisha's calling here. It's just that it was not his decision to make. Basically, Elijah was saying, this isn't my call. <laughs> this is up to the Lord. I'm not, I'm not the guy that determines this. But he, he did at least give him a sign that would help Elisha know if he got it or not, depending on if he got to see Elijah taken away or not. Then you'll know. Okay. Second Kings 2.11, Then it happened, as they continued on and talked, that suddenly a chariot of fire appeared with horses of fire, and separated the two of them. And Elijah went up by a whirlwind into heaven. And Elisha saw it, and he cried out, My father, my father. See how he regarded him as a son receiving an inheritance. My father, the chariot of Israel and its horsemen. So he saw him no more. And he took hold of his own clothes and tore them into two pieces. So... I guess it's obvious what the sign was now. Now he knows, because he got to see him taken away. So Elisha now had a direct confirmation of his calling. And guys, I'll tell you, a confirmation of calling is the most confidence-building, encouraging thing you could have as any kind of minister at all. Thank 
you for listening to Set for Life. We hope you can join us next time, unless Jesus returns for us first. Set for Life is the radio ministry of Pastor Ray Jensen. We invite you to subscribe to our podcast at setforliferadio.com. Hi, this is Ray Jensen. Thank you for giving me the opportunity to encourage you in God's Word. If the Bible doesn't excite you, then you're not reading it. I want you to remember that you are not worthless. You are priceless. Messiah Jesus died on the cross to redeem you so that you can be set for life. You'll be set for life.